If you like the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash slipangleshow, and you can visit our new home on the web at www.tracktuned.com backslash slipangle. You can also leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. everybody to slip angle show i'm austin cabot and i guess i'm adam Jabet, you know. there you go and today <laughs> we are back on skype like we were originally when we first started and on the line with us we have brent and kelly picasso um, from autosport labs how's it going guys hi good thank you for having us yeah thanks so much for yeah. making the time thanks so now you guys are all the way out in washington right yeah we're in the seattle washington area okay awesome yeah. and with the uh with the advent of um modern technology we can be here all live together from three different parts of the country it's great yeah amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah a bit time sensitive too because uh you guys have a lot of stuff going on in the next week or so right indeed um yeah you are uh, how what what basically for the people that don't know what is uh autosport labs uh you know where uh, where did you guys get your start and, uh, and what do you guys all do I can answer that. Yeah, the Autosport Labs started off as uh, a set of open source projects, first focusing on the Megajolt ignition system. And the funny thing is that our customers kind of pulled us into the business. We were building some kits, and then the community provided feedback saying, hey, could you build some of these for us? And we're like, okay, yeah, we can build these. And then the business grew and grew until we grew out of our garage and into some commercial space. And uh, yeah, literally, it's like the, the customers kind of pulled us in. So we started off with uh, engine management, ignition systems, and then we thought, what else could we make that's interesting? And we thought that the data acquisition space was underserved and uh, could benefit from some innovation. So we started working on the race capture data acquisition system. And the project kind of languished for a long time until when we were doing some chump car racing, we decided, oh, it would be kind of cool if we could put the race capture system on our car and then have it tweet autonomously. And uh, the car would actually send uh, text messages to Twitter and it would have a personality. It would know when the laps incremented and who had the best lap time and it would tweet messages as if it was you know its own entity <laughs> and, and what year so, was this what kelly what year was that was that 2009 or 8 that was in 2010 the october 2010. race that was was in portland okay yeah wow so, so it's, it's been a while now yeah it has so what what once we did that project we thought wow that's kind of that's kind of cute and then it kind of dawned on us that we could develop actually affordable real-time race car telemetry for you know grassroots racers. So that's how the race capture telemetry system was started. And then we had a Indiegogo campaign for the original race capture system. And 
we added the telemetry option, which was cellular based. So you put a little SIM card into the unit and you could get affordable real-time telemetry for your uh, race car, particularly endurance racing, since that, that was so critical to be able to watch your car from a distance, make sure yeah. it's not overheating during the race. So we had the Kickstarter for that, and that was successfully funded at like 1.5x. We were pretty excited. Wow. And we since launched a second-generation version of Race Capture Pro, the Mark II, which had a number of big improvements. And then now we, in November, actually December, we launched our new version of Kick, uh, Race Capture on Kickstarter. And this is a plug-and-play version of Race Capture that just takes everything that we learned um, as we developed the original version of Race Capture boiled it down to its essence and made a plug-and-play miniature version of race capture that was cost-effective, uh, easier to use, and works with OBD2 and um, CAN bus-enabled vehicles, so like 97 through current models, and combines a lot of different sensors all into one little package, and then that works with our race capture app. Okay. Now take us back. Yeah. I know I know you said that you guys had, you know, the idea kind of came from chump car stuff. Um yeah. you know, obviously to want to design a system like this, you have to be an enthusiast yourself. Uh, I don't think there's really many people out there that are like, you know, it would be great. I don't race cars. I don't drive cars at all, but you know, data acquisition in one of those would be great. So obviously yeah. you guys have you <laughs> guys have a little bit of uh, of driving background. Um you want to kind of walk us through that a little bit? Like when did you guys start doing track days and and stuff like that? Yeah, I could talk. I could talk about my my experience. And Kelly, Kelly, and I, along with some of our other team members, all used to autocross oh, okay. back in the late '90s, and that's how we got our uh, racing roots. Okay. So we were campaigning a '97 Acura Integra GSR, which was a great car. Kelly still misses it, I think. And it was my favorite car ever. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, we're uh, we're big Honda fans on uh, yeah. on the podcast, and we have a lot of listeners that are Honda fans as well. Yeah. Oh, it's it's incredible when we when we took apart the engine, we because I had over revved it due to a mechanical over rev. Uh, that was my fault. But um, the Hondas are amazing. They're just the internals are just like it's like a Swiss uh, watch. It's a really, really well engineered uh, car. So, yeah, so that was our first uh, autocross car, and um, we raced the crap out of that. It's someone, it someone's fun. daily driver at the same time? It was the daily driver there at the same go. time. That's, that's how yeah. it starts, right? Exactly. We put, <laughs> we put the race tires in the back. Well, first we were on street tires, and we put the race tires in the back. And um, we would go to events and drive uh, to in-town and out-of-town events, and that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, what – and Kelly Kelly was involved in the series as well uh, in terms of – we were kind of deeply in, embedded in a Northwest region, SCCA. What class were you guys running in back then? We were running in street touring and then we went into street touring R, which was yeah, uh, race tires. Yeah, back then. And then 
later when we had our turbocharged Mark One MR2, we were doing a street mod. So okay. uh, and then street mod two. So and that 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 MR2 got us into essentially got us into Autosport Labs because we 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 thought oh yeah let's uh, let's turbocharge our first gen MR2 that'd be yeah, a great I was, idea. I was about to ask. I was like turboed first gen. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think those came uh, those came supercharged, but um, yeah, you know, they came yeah. turbo from the factory. It didn't. We, we took the supercharged block and then um, built a basically built a turbo kit for it, and we got a first generation Mega Squirt to do the yeah, MS1. Uh, yep. Right, and the MS1 at the time, way back when, didn't have ignition control, and we knew that with the turbocharging, we had to. We had to precisely control fuel and ignition timing. So the way the mega the way the Megajolt project started off, we we um well, we had the the Megasquirt kit, and then the the Megajolt was born out of the need of um, ignition timing. So okay. we worked a little bit with the um, the Megasquirt founders way back, and said, hey, you know, we'll take on this project, and um. Kind of fast forward, the the Megajolt system is now pretty popular with people running uh, classic cars, running uh, carburetors, for example, because it's a a standalone ignition system. And uh, what people typically do is replace the old distributors on an engine and replace it with the Megajolt system, which is a precise crank-fired ignition system. So I get yeah. the feeling that you guys have a little bit of a, a tech background, maybe a little bit coming into all of this. Yes. Okay. Um, a lot of our team members are race car drivers and uh, software engineers or hardware engineers. So my background w- when I was a kid, I was always fascinated with hardware. Um, you know, I would go to Radio Shack and get LEDs and and build up circuits and you know, whenever LEDs would start flashing, I was just, I would get really excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then by trade, I was immersed in software engineering and kind of the, the common, really the kind of the combination of the two is what really excites me because it's really the idea of just looking at a problem and just solving it with whatever solution is needed. So hardware, software, firmware, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's when, when you take an, an idea and make it real, that's, what's exciting. Yeah. What, uh, what basically did you guys start building the, uh, the race capture stuff, uh, uh, on your own or, uh, um, as far as, uh, the actual physical units, uh, you guys build those yourself still, or how does that all work? We, we do. do. We, um, we have a, we started our, like Brent was saying, we started our facility in our garage. Well, actually, it was in our bonus room. Um, and then when our customers were wanting finished work instead of yeah. the kits that we had talked about, I was spending my days soldering up those those new units with a newborn baby <laughs> um, in a little bouncy seat. And I was doing those at the kitchen table. And we've added to our um, manufacturing capacity over the years to where we have um, full line from screen printing the the solder paste um, on the boards all the way to finishing them with our own little screwdrivers and stuff um, <laughs> in our facility up in Linwood, 
which is just north of Seattle. Um, and we moved into that that uh, industrial park back in 2010, I think. Yeah, in uh, actually November 2009, we moved in there. Uh, yeah, I've, I've played with one of your uh, earlier race capture units on a Lemons car. The uh, the car was kind of the famous. It was the the K wagon that went across the country. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> I, I I drove it for a stint in uh, driving from Wisconsin to Chicago, and then yeah, we we fiddled around with the race capture that was inside of that thing when it was in my shop. I've I've never used it on uh, on site uh, in a race, but. Somebody had put one of those uh, in that that terrible, terrible, awful car. <laughs> but, Is that the yeah. one that you were saying Mike Taylor drove from? Um... Yeah, me, Mike picked me up. Uh, <laughs> we drove up to Wisconsin, and we get in. The, we get up to I think it was the I sell Miata parts guy or whatever. Uh, oh, Blake. In Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. He he had it started his shop, and then uh, yeah, I drove that thing home in like 19 degree weather with no heat, um, <laughs> all the way to Chicago, and uh, yeah, it was it was a long night. <laughs> But yeah, that was an interesting car. We did a bunch of work to it, and then Mike drove it all the way across the country to Sonoma last year, I think, or the year before. Wow. I can't but what happened yeah, with it, that car? Uh, I think it's still out, it's still somewhere. I think it's still out in California, but I'm not sure. I uh, I haven't done much lemons racing since I got into uh, SCCA and NASA club racing. So, but uh, yeah, crazy crazy stories behind that car. Mike almost got stranded in a blizzard in Montana, negative 22 degrees. <laughs> below uh, 22 degrees below zero and judge phil was out there with him in a press car <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a crazy story but um yeah the uh, the original kickstarter was a pretty good success uh what uh, what are you guys doing now with the new kickstarter that uh is there what a week left on that or two weeks or it's about 12 days left yeah okay. so what's what's that's um, why we're yeah that's why we're a little bit time sensitive we wanted to get you guys in uh for the next show we were doing so um, yeah, tell, tell us about that. Tell us what the new project is. So the new version of race capture is like a, um, a plug and play easier to easy to use version of the current race capture pro. So the current race capture pro is kind of like a Swiss army knife. It does a lot of things and, um, it's very powerful at the same time. It does take effort to install in a race car. You have to bolt it down. You have to power it up. Uh, with wires, you have to connect sensors, or you know, if you have a, a 2008 and later, you can you can get a pretty plug-and-play experience by plugging it into OBD2. Um, so what we did was we took the 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 easy-to-use parts of Race Capture Pro, put them into a smaller plug-in, smaller enclosure, and then made it plug-and-play where it could just plug into your OBD2 diagnostic port, put it on the dashboard. And then you get engine data, high-performance GPS, and then a dedicated accelerometer and gyro for being able to, to track dynamic motion of the car. So you get those essential sensors that are needed for, for motorsports track days or just you know canyon carving or whatever into um, a small plug-and-play package. Okay. And then that is linked over Wi-Fi to the same race capture app that we have right now for race capture pro so it's really just like an expansion of the family yeah so it's uh it's kind of a powerful all-in-one system that just okay. makes it easy to plug in and go so um, we learned a lot i mean the 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 drum that we've been beating at 
uh, <laughs> internally at Autosport Labs is that we could joke about it, right? But it's the just make it work because the reality is a lot of times you're when you get to the racetrack, you don't have time to set up the last minute stuff. Yeah. Right. And he just I don't, I don't a lot. Know how many a lot. Times of, I haven't set something up like a GoPro or even remembered my aim solo or whatever data I was yeah. playing with. You know. Exactly. So, like, if you, the goal is to plug it in, and then when you launch the app, it'll guide you through a setup. It'll say, "Hello, <laughs> you know, <laughs> here, which racetracks are do you frequent? What, what engine sensors uh, do you want okay. to access? Here are some example sensors." You know, what are you doing autocross or are you doing track days primarily? And then once that's set up, then you're able to just use the system as as easily as possible. No, so that really cool. that just works is something that we're really working towards. And it'll, it'll go from the hardware all the way to the software. Now, what what cars do you guys already have mapped out as far as OBD2 and CAN bus um, data? It's oh, that's a great question. So a lot of a lot of the um, the mappings we get from our community. Okay. Uh, for example, we got one. Um, we were working with a uh, a chap down in New Zealand who bought our Race Capture Pro, and he's using a Link ECU and on oh, yeah. uh, on a Caterham. Oh, cool. So he provided the documentation from Link, and we wrote up a, a mapping uh, scheme and then provided it to him, and then. Like a couple of days later, he sends us a YouTube video just showing all this data on screen. Oh, he's like, yeah. and he's saying it works. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was very gratifying. So we have mappings for Mega Squirt, for Link, for uh, AEM. Uh, we have Han data working. Uh, basically, anything that is documented, we can handle. Okay. What about things then, that are undocumented, like uh, like factory ECUs and things like that? Um, is there is there some sort of interface that a user can use? Because I know that's the big the big thing with you guys is that it's it's open source, uh, exactly. So that people can provide you know their own. Is it is it relatively easy to help you guys map out things for cars that aren't supported at the moment? That's the really powerful thing with the community because um, there's a lot of research going into, for example, OBD two data research and other uh, other ECUs, especially when the ECU gets modified, like the um, the Mitsubishi Evo X, what they call the, the legendary mode 23, which can let you peek at data in the ECU, like all sorts of crazy sensor data that's not normally available over OBD2. Right. So a lot of that is crowdsourced or just handled by our community. And then our goal is to help bring that together and make that available uh, through a set of presets. So with the, actually we just posted that today, but the new ECU mapping tools will have, will let you just browse through and say, Oh, I have an E46 M3 and you select that. And it just populates, populates it with all of the CAN bus mappings and it just works. Okay. And then people will be able to, people will be able to share those and then, um, share those with the communities and, and then, uh, other users will be able to pull that down. Now, as far as tools for doing reverse engineering, um, race capture has a cam, a generic CAN bus logger where you could just connect it up to the bus and then see what data is streaming down. Okay, so you and can like hit the brakes and see where you know when the brakes come on and stuff like that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the the classic reverse engineering is 
you know, you're watching the data stream and then you rev the throttle, right? Yeah. Oh, which data changes? And, yeah, what's irregularities? Thinking, yeah, that that bit of data might be RPM, and then you just kind of you just knock them down one by one. And people love to dig into that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's a challenge for them. Yeah, especially if it's a car. Like uh, I know when the FRS first came out, um, there is tons and tons of data in the FRS and BRZ that's streaming. And, uh, you know, I, I got yeah. the chance to work with somebody that was developing an active suspension, um, to where like you, you hit the brakes and when it recognizes that you're hitting the brakes, it'll stiffen the front shocks and stuff like that. It was really, really cool stuff. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, uh, there were like 4,000 channels on that car though, of data Holy that was streaming. Cow. Yeah. It was that's absolutely insane. ridiculous. Yeah. He said it, he wow. has like a computer setup, um, to where it'll essentially sit there and cycle everything in the car through the computer and, and essentially read, you know, read out and figure out what it is. It's, and he said that car took like two days of the car just sitting there in the computer cycling stuff. Uh, you know, wow. it'd sit there, the horn would go off and the wipers would go. <laughs> and then he said it was pretty insane. <laughs> So yeah, the, the power of the community will overwhelm any one researcher. Yeah. And at the same time, and that's just a great example of somebody just with determination digging yeah. through it. Well, I mean, there's so many different vehicles out there now that, you know, have such powerful systems. If you left it up just to a team of one or two people, you know, it would take, it would take years. And by that time, more vehicles mm -hmm. would come out and it's just a, a compounding yep. problem. But you open yeah. it up to everybody to be able to kind of set it up for their own cars and then share with everybody. I think that's the right way to go. Uh, as far as the community goes, uh, uh, you guys, uh, you guys are basically setting up, um, some, uh, some stuff for, and tell us about, uh, about everybody that, uh, you know, is online with you guys, uh, how, and how can they find, you know, how can they link up with this, uh, with the race capture community? Well, we have forums right now that are suited for, uh, asking questions on like setting up race capture, uh, especially with race capture pro and, questions about yeah. sensors and then and that's that's been really helpful in terms of what people people sharing uh, different ideas like um people doing uh custom steering angle sensors or custom uh infrared temperature sensors so that kind of fluid exchange of ideas is kind of what we want with uh, with our forums mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's been that's been helpful yeah, now, what, uh, what, where's the where's the forum at? Uh, I've I've I kind of been lurking on there the past few days. Um, but yeah, I uh, tell everybody uh, where to where to look for all that stuff. Uh, the support community is at autosportlabs.org, or if you just go to our main website, you can click the um, the the forums or community link at the top. Now, you know, I saw some, uh, you know, when we were talking last week, um, last Friday, some of the, the really interesting things that you guys were doing uh, were being able to stream data, essentially, where people could have somebody essentially go online and be able to see the data that's streaming from their unit um, as they're going around the track. You want to explain how some of that stuff works and, and where that might be a benefit for some people? Yeah, Kelly, why don't you cover that? Sure. So um, since we came out with Race Capture Pro three years ago after our Indiegogo campaign, um, we had two ways of connecting Race Capture's streaming data to the web. Um, and one of them was with the onboard cellular telemetry module. Using a, a GSM 2G module, we were able to, um, we've had customers able to stream their data 
in real time while on track. And you, when you would go to that event page on racecapturelive.com, you were able to view their dot and their data, um, their dot as they were going around the track and any other dots going around the track, who else were, you know, other people who were running Race Capture Pro at that event. Um, and then be able to click on their dot and see the data that they were streaming. If they were following their RPM and their fuel gauge, you'd be able to see that as well. Um, and then they also could connect via Bluetooth um, through their own phone um, through the app. So there was we also had developed a Bluetooth module so that people could use the, the app as a digital dashboard in real time. And that also was streaming their data to the cloud. Um, so with we uh, we were seeing some of the cool possibilities with Race Capture Live that we could have more information and a better user experience and and fan experience um, if people are watching those races in real time. And that's kind of where the second part of our Kickstarter campaign currently came up, and that's with Podium. Um, Podium is our new um, software as a service social platform um, via the app as well as um, available online um, to have a rich kind of gamish experience of, of looking at your race data and your car data and your driver profile um, in one location and also have the ability to share your videos with your data synced to your videos. So we've kind of taken our existing system of Race Capture Pro with Race Capture Live for the, the real-time viewability of your data um, and kind of giving an extra boost um, with Podium. And what we eventually want it to be um, hardware agnostic, that you don't really have to have just race capture to get there. Um, but we really do need people to support the Kickstarter campaign <laughs> to build Podium so that it is that place where everybody can share their data and video and um, comment on each other's data and find out tips and secrets and tricks from others, um, be able to click on someone's data like how how did you do that in turn 10 that was amazing well here's where i decided to break and here's where i started my acceleration here's where i squeezed on the throttle these are the tire pressures i was running that day these are the tires i was running that day etc um oh yeah so, we, uh, yeah. yeah we really huh. we really have a lot of um big big plans and big ideas um for that uh for that app and service because um, there isn't anything like that right now. Um, no, no. We, I mean, people have it with Map My Run. You can find out how everybody does their jogging and, and their hiking. Or you can find out like on that. Strava yeah. about their biking. Um, we even found out from a friend who does um, gliding that there's a site for sharing your gliding data. <laughs> And I'm like, wait a minute. Glider planes can share their data, but race car drivers can't. Yeah, it's like, like this is... gliding planes don't even have electronics in them, really. Yeah, how much data? <laughs> exactly. like slope angles and directions. Like, right. <laughs> GPS exactly. position. 
Yeah. yeah. Turn left at the Cirrus Cloud and. Yeah. <laughs> well, you really well, navigated and, that <laughs> thermal. I went and looked and I was like, oh my gosh, how cute is that? You can see where the airplane went in like a corkscrew kind of huh. pattern. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's cool. It, yeah. It's all, um, their data was after the fact. And what we like is that ours is real time. Ours yeah. is right now. Know, um, one thing and, I thought was, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and just that, um, especially in, um, in, endurance racing it's not a fan-based sport and since that's where we kind of came from was in well we came from two sports that were not fan-based which is autocross not fan-based it's a little confusing to kind of watch that in real time it's like these guys are taking a really interesting driving test (laughs) (laughs) and then um and endurance racing uh when you're out there for eight nine ten twenty five hours um and all that people can see is usually the front straight or maybe a few corners um it's not quite as entertaining in person as um it could be and yet a lot of those racers all have fans and friends and family who would be interested in following along, just not necessarily in the cold in December out at Thunder Hill. Um, awesome. Yeah, so that's that's kind yeah. of where we're. <laughs> yeah, I was out there in the cold. That was great. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. Austin slid down a hill. Yeah, it was wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that's um, kind of what we're building with. That's what we're building with Podium, and that's what. Um, I mean, we could have we could soft launch hardware projects um, because we've been developing hardware, as Brent was saying early on, for the past eight, nine years now. Um, but uh, we really were excited for the possibility of Podium and wanted to give it the extra push um, of getting eyes on on the idea and uh, and really getting the. The message out there of what we were really up to. Now, with where, podium, do people, where, where do people find? Yeah, where do people find the Kickstarter for that? In case we forget to plug it at the end, since we're talking about it. It's at Kickstarter.com, and if you just search "race capture," all one word, that that's your easiest way to find it. Now, okay. with Podium, is that going to be a free? Um, a, a free program for people to use and join and be able to share stuff? Uh, or is it going to be subscription-based? I know you said software as a service. Um, but what what are the kind it's, of the plans there if people want to get involved with that? Yeah, the plan is that it will always have free level of services. Okay. And then there will be e- e- extra features at different subscription levels. But okay. there will always be a free level of service. All right. And now one thing, uh, you know, that I thought was interesting from our talks the other day uh, was that uh, essentially the predictive lap timer can be viewed real time over the Internet as well. So technically, if someone if one of your friends is out, you know, running laps around the track and you and some buddies are sitting there watching them from the side of the track, uh, you can kind of do a plus minus on what they're going to do predictively. And whoever loses has to buy the beers. Right. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, we. um well, with the race capture, the race capture app will have pretty deep integration with the podium platform. So, right. so imagine this, you're, you're in the pits and the driver in the car has the race capture dash running and they could see their predictive time. And then that data streaming up to the cloud, up to podium in real time. And then people in the pits could have the same app running in, you know, on their tablet or on their phone, and they could basically see the same dash that the driver's experiencing. That's so really they could cool. watch, they could watch and follow along. 
their predictive times or, you know, are, are they over revving by accident? You know how it's like, I didn't do it. Right. I didn't miss shift that. Uh, well, we have it in the data here yeah. <laughs> or if the engine's overheating. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Now, that what we have right now is the ability to create a virtual race event. So let's say you and your buddies have race capture and you join the same uh, event. And then as you put laps down, it will show a real time leaderboard and uh, you'll be able to see where the car is on track, uh, the the data over over distance. So you can click you can click and select different cars and compare who's doing what, where, and understand. You could use it for real time coaching, and it also keeps track of who has the fastest lap time. Yeah. And this all happens without needing transponders or other infrastructure. You just show up. So it's next, like a, what we're going like to need you guys to do event. is develop a full windshield heads up display, and then it'll be like <laughs> playing a video game. Like it really will be. You'll be able to see where your friends are on track and and what lap times are running and how far behind you are. That'd oh yeah, be, that'd be yeah. Really actually, cool. they they make that windshield film that you can use a like a tablet or a phone for that. Oh, you really? just have to invert the display or something. Okay. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> that would really be, cool. It would though. be in, it would be interesting <laughs> to be to do a um like if we're endurance racing, and then you know like the car that's around the car that's in front or behind you, you would just know what position they are in the race. Yeah. And that way, you know, right? if you're, you're, if you're trying to race, you know, somebody that's a back marker like you are, or if it's somebody that you need to let by. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's actually really good data. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, I don't care about race. this car. <laughs> now it's, yeah, it's not it's to a... the point where you can stream video yet. Is it? We can do a Ustream integration right okay. now. So okay. if you have a camera uh, or a phone in your car that's streaming Ustream, you can embed that okay. alongside <laughs> with the data. Okay. And it's it works. It work, Ustream is so um, is so time delayed that it doesn't always uh, sync up with the data. But the ultimate goal is to to be able to do that and then. Um, fully synchronize the video with the data right people are very sent people like the, the first question we get almost well almost always is how fast is it or how how much delay is there and um with the you know with with the app running it's like what we were seeing at the 25 hours of thunderhill going up through verizon it was like sub second you could you could watch the dot on our telemetry and then the car go by on the straightaway and there's virtually no difference wow so wow. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Now walk us through some of the uh, the video um, options that you have. If you wanted to essentially record video and have data overlaid at a later point, um, how would we go about doing that? Well, we just did an update to our Kickstarter campaign right. where yeah, I saw that. the race yeah race capture can synchronize and control uh, a GoPro or a Garmin or a Sony camera, basically any camera that has any Wi-Fi control and better if it, you know, going back to the reverse engineering topic, if, if the, um, the camera manufacturers published a spec on how to talk to it, we'll be able to use race capture to start and stop the camera on a certain event. Let's say if you're exceeding 10 miles an hour or RPM is greater than 2000 or something like that. So then what you'll be able to, what you'll have is a video that starts when you want it to, and then your data will start at the same time. And then it's a fairly trivial operation to, to take that video file 
in that data file and then pump it through uh, race render or dashware and then create the, uh, the video overlays that you want. Okay. And then on top of that, when that video is uploaded to Podium, it'll be pre-synchronized and you won't have to do any manual time shifting or manual editing of the video. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, we know that video synchronization is a big pain point for, for racers because it takes, a, otherwise what you're doing is you're creating huge video files with just, you know, the camera st- staring out the front of the car doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you'll, for, or worse, you'll forget to start the video. So yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, it seems uh, really, really interesting. I, I mean, I think there's a, a lot that you can learn from, you know, being able to have your data right over your video. And for the most part, you know, up until recently, any options to do that were pretty expensive. I mean, there was there's always been race render and things like that. But to be able to, you know, essentially have something that works and controls both at the same time, uh, you know, your data and your video recording, I think there's a lot, a lot that will help there for sure. Yeah, Definitely. I don't think... I don't think we've actually mentioned how expensive race, uh, race capture pro is, uh, which might shock a few people. Uh, what's the price point on that thing currently? Race capture pro starts at 429 for the base unit without the integrated telemetry. And then it goes from f- to 599. And then what we like to, what we, what we like to say is that the, at the 599 rate, you get some features that you only see in, Really, three thousand, five thousand yes, dollars setups, yeah. ten thousand dollar systems, yeah, that are yeah. Um, that are just only only available through you know for um, top race teams. In fact, some of these teams have to move equipment between primary and backup cars because it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so a lot we work software for a few hundred bucks. I'm 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 pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah. And what's uh, what about if they want to support the um, the Kickstarter? Um, what uh, what price points are those at, and and what do they get? So the plug-and-play version of Race Capture is 199 for the version that works with uh, 2008 and higher cars, so CAN bus OBD2. And then for what we call the classic OBD2, so 97 through 2007, mm-hmm. it's 259. So what we've wow. what we've done is we've built a little adapter that can turn an older OBD2 car into Canvas OBD2. So it's like a little, uh, it's like a conversion module. So then race capture itself just speaks Canvas and, and nothing else. Okay. And yeah. what, uh, what, uh, what device platforms does it work with? Does it work with iOS and Android and windows phone, all three of them, or, um, what, uh, you know, what, what was it designed around? So we chose for the race capture app, we chose a, um, a technology that works well across multiple platforms. So, um, it'll work with iOS and it will work with Android currently works on Android and the same app you can download and install on windows and OS X and Linux. If you're that kind of person. Oh, wow. So it is the, the goal is to have the same app experience regardless of whether you're running it on a touchscreen laptop or one of those convertible laptop tablets or an Android device or an iOS device. Even it's even in the uh, Amazon app store because we were, we were testing the the $50 Amazon fire is it's surprisingly high quality. Yeah. A great screen and a fast processor and it's $50. Yeah. So as soon as we, we got, we got one of those tested it and like that night, it was up on the Amazon app store. So $50 race car dashboard. 
the end. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's the um, uh, what's the battery life like on uh, the new race capture units? Um, it doesn't require a battery. Oh, really? Uh, it's it's powered by the OBD2 port. Oh, okay. One, one more thing you don't have to yeah. remember to take out of the car. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it's... Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a big plus. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that it's so simple, you can move it between cars and things like that. Um, what if you, you know, you have an older vehicle uh, and you really just want to get basic telemetry um, as far as, you know, braking and G-forces and things like that. Um, will it still work on a vehicle that doesn't have uh, an OBD2 port? It will. Okay. And all you'll need to do is just give it uh, power and ground. Okay. And you'll get high-performance GPS, the uh, internal accelerometer and gyro, and even a magnetic compass. And then that will stream data up to the race capture okay. app. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that have more than just one vehicle. Or, you know, if I want to take my dad's old 240Z out on track or something – um, you know, there's obviously that thing hardly has any electronics in it. So, yeah, it could be a, it could be a good option as well for motorcycle applications mm -hmm. because, um, a lot of motorcycles, they don't have OBD2, although some of the newer ones have CAN bus, which right. we'd be able to tap into, Yeah, but, um, it's compact and it could yeah, very small. fit underneath the, underneath the tail fairly, fairly easily. Now, have you guys experimented with any, uh, you know, motorcycle or, or go-karts or anything, um, anything other than cars at the moment? Yes, actually, mo our community has done that more than we have, which okay. is really cool to see. So people have put um, Race Capture Pro on motorcycles, and it's still a pretty compact unit. It's right. only like five by three inches, and they've installed it under under the tail. Um, so we've seen that, and uh, and immediately we get questions about a lean angle sensor, which is pretty exciting. And you yeah. know we, that that would be certainly be possible with the 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 gyro and the accelerometer we have. And then uh, people have put it on go-karts. It's uh, Race Capture Pro is not really designed for it because of the um, – Vibrations and – Yeah, the, yeah. The, the nature of the go-kart platform. But we are looking at other variants of Race Capture, maybe one that is uh, kind of like race, the current – the Race Capture we're offering on Kickstarter but in a, um, in a format that's better suited for uh, a cart. So the cool thing is that we're using a common – firmware platform and a common app so we could we could spin versions of the hardware fairly easily okay mm -hmm. yeah which is it, which is total anathema for other companies i think to hear somebody go we could spin hardware versions easily um but that's that's been the that's the beauty of us uh, manufacturing on our own in small batches, kind of artisanal, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but we that's uh, we know our equipment inside out and backwards. We've worked on it and fixed it. Well, I say we, meaning Brent mostly. Um, but uh, we um, we go in and run up, you know, go in and start up a batch of. 40 or so units at a time. And, um, and when Brent makes a revision, he just get, he designs a new board and a few days later it comes in from our um, board manufacturer and he sits down and goes to town on it. And, um, and when he did, I mean, everything, when we, he has a new idea, it's usually like, I just thought of this and I started working on the board last night and it's halfway done. And, and we're just the rest <laughs> of our team, we're just sitting there going, 
how do you do that? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> We're working on this thing over here. Yeah. And so um, sometimes yeah. we've had, I mean, we've had to nail his feet back down on the floor, um, <laughs> which is great. And um, and then other times he's he's come up with something, you know, in his sleep or while sitting on the train or something. And, and he's just, he's going off on another tangent and it turns into an amazing product line. Um, so that's, that's, it's not common to hear people say we'll spin up a new hardware version. And yet, uh, for us, it is, <laughs> it is almost every day. It's a, it's at least a once a month prospect. Yeah. Well, we have like mom and pop data. It's, it's <laughs> homebrew mom and pop data. I love it. Man. We uh, and um, yeah, well, it, as an as an example, there is a, a Wi-Fi module that um, we're developing for Race Capture Pro. We're not quite ready to release it, so we haven't socialized it yet. But we um, we kind of have a sneak peek of it on our YouTube channel where. We're using a Race Capture Pro to control uh, a GoPro Hero 3 over Wi-Fi, and this is um, this will be very similar to how we do it uh, with the new Race Capture. So it was kind of a, a quick demo to to see to show what's possible, and uh, this Wi-Fi module will find its way in as a uh, Race Capture Pro offering. Okay. Yeah, Soon, I know yeah. on the uh, the Kickstarter, you guys have some uh, some really good videos, kind of explaining what everything does. So if anyone's interested, definitely head over there and check those out, and uh, give these guys your support too. So yeah, very very cool Thank product. You. Yeah. Uh, and do you guys currently still race? Or are you too busy working real jobs, fake jobs, and uh, building uh, data industries? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. We we. You start a company and hope, hoping that you can fund the racing, and then the and then the work starts taking over because there's just so much interesting stuff to do. But we do have uh, an endurance race car that we run in 24 hours of lemons, and then in 2016 with uh, the Lucky Dog Racing League, which we uh, just started uh, sponsoring uh, through a partnership okay. program with them. I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, I haven't They're, heard that. Uh, it's uh, Kathy McCoss who started it and um they're great they're they'll they'll be doing a bunch of west coast races okay here in okay. 2016 and uh our well, demo uh, sorry they're concentrating on the west coast they have um races coming up from the ridge here in washington state in shelton um all the way down i think they're looking at even a race down in mexico during the 2016 season um, will that be, uh, will that Kathy, be on the streets, Kathy. just like uh, another organization had at one point? Because that was a really cool looking um, race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so she she was formerly with that other organization. Oh, nice. So yeah. 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 Well, I hope they bring that back because that looked like tons of fun and I want to go there and cover it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to go there too. It sounds fascinating. The the video that we have in our Kickstarter uh, featured a lot of footage from Portland where it dumped rain like it was just endless constant rain and parts of the track were just completely flooded where you were hydroplaning through the chicane and it, it was that that was actually my last race was in october with um uh with one of the lucky dog teams uh apex of failure <laughs> and we were very very it was an rx7 and sounds um, like an 80s and, band name i know right the <laughs> it, 
I, w- I wish oh I wish I, I had the chance to drive it in in the drive because their RX7 is fantastic, but um, in the wet it was just um, it was just constant attention, very light touch on the steering wheel, and I forgot what turn to turn ten. It's um, it's before it's the turn before the the front straight, but every lap the amount of water that was covering covering the track, which is very right. And then I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll hit the FIA curbings. I'll hydroplane to the right a little bit <laughs> and then I'll hook up and in the braking zone. And, and my, the, the amount of the, the, the size of that puddle was like my barometer for like how bad things were. But it yeah, was like, yeah. I was, it was just laughing after a while. It was, it was hilarious how, how those wet are, it was. Those are the most tiring sessions is when it's pouring buckets and you almost can't even count, count on the buckets of rain because they vary so much. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I know some of the, uh, the software you talked about, some of the teams are running it, uh, at, 25 hour thunder hill and it rained pretty much the whole time and you said nobody really had any issues um so we were, the, the hardware yeah. seems to be pretty solid we were, we were with uh stammer racing and we hooked up a ton of sensors up through the e46 CAN bus and then we calibrated fuel once we got that all set up it was just like hundreds and hundreds of laps just one after the other and uh yeah that was pretty exciting to see that just it just it really when you see that working, it's, it's like standing on the shoulders of a huge amount of work. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it feels good. Well, I mean, what's, <laughs> to me, what's so great about it is that, you know, the setup that you guys have, it's really easy for a crew chief or somebody to be able to stream data from the car without having to have any, you know, super elaborate and expensive setup. So, you know, for those guys, it's really, it's really beneficial for them to be able to sit there and, and see what's going on with the car, especially during a 25 hour race or something like that. So Exactly. The um... and we we uh, we actually had talked to uh, to NASA about allowing telemetry because it previously had not been allowed at the twenty five, and uh, and because usually it's such an expensive proposition for a lot of teams, and they really wanted to keep the spirit of the twenty five as amateurs or pros, regardless of your budget, it's about the driver right. and about your driving. And, um, and so we were like, Oh, well, if the intent of your rule was because you wanted to make it affordable, guess what? It is. <laughs> we're, affo- we're affordable. We're right. a breakthrough, you know? <laughs> oh, she's still there. Am I still there? <laughs> You're still oh, I can't hear you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Skype. Oh, so fun. I'll have to edit that one out a little bit. <laughs> so, but that's okay. One of, one of the one of the benefits of well, one of the early benefits of the telemetry was to just is my car going to blow up, right? That's kind of like the first order thing that people care about, right? And then um, we realized that it could be a good real time coaching tool as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so if you have a you have a fast driver on the team, you can you with our telemetry uh, real time telemetry analysis tools, you could just click their lap and then look at the current driver and see what they're doing. So what their speed is in the carousel at Sonoma or, you know, through turn one or how smooth they are. One of the, one of the biggest parts was, um, uh, when, when we raced at the Ridge, we found that one of our team members, Scott was the fastest had on average, the fastest lap time used the least amount of fuel and extended his stint 
more than any other team member. And we we're like, how does he do that? And it was just, he was just driving it with momentum mm-hmm. instead of going in really hard, super hard on the brakes, super hard on the gas, having to yeah. accelerate more. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Now, do yeah, you guys really. have a way to record, uh, you know, like steering angle and things like that? Yes. If it's okay. uh, provided via the CAN bus, like on okay. the E46, sometimes the ECU provides it. Right. Um, the other option, uh, which works with Race Capture Pro, is to hook up a steering angle sensor and plug that right into one of the uh, analog inputs. So then you can uh, get steering angle. That's how we have it on our race car, which is a a um, an 89 Mercur XR4 Ti. Oh, nice. Oh, you got one of those things. Yeah. Huh? Yes. And it hasn't blown up? It's been good? <laughs> no, it's blown up five oh, okay. times. We've replaced the head gasket. Uh three times uh at the race so you know even though i wanted to stick with the the purity of the original pinto engine uh, i think it's time for a v8 and not so we can dominate just so we can finish yeah yeah i've raced against a lot of those in lemons they're actually pretty good (laughs) but they're they're so they're so quirky such a weird car but didn't tanner faust buy one for a top gear usa challenge at some point that's right. I thought he had yeah. one. Yeah. So oh, that's a 2.3 liter, right? Yeah. It's, it's like the, it's like the SVO motor, I think 2.3, right? Um, no, it's not oh, that Mustang. good. It's, it's terrible. Oh, oh the <laughs> SVO Mustang. Correct. Yeah. yeah so yes. it's iron, yeah. iron block, iron head, two valves per cylinder. It's like what you'd find in a tractor or something like that. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, I know there are With some a turbo. <laughs> the, the biggest problem with that engine is finding the, finding a head that isn't cracked. And that's the last time we we fixed it is we were searching for a head that just wasn't cracked around the valve seats. And so, yeah, yeah V8 is the future. But the <laughs> the last actually was cool. The last race we um, hooked up uh, since it's turbocharged, we were doing real time turbocharger intercooler efficiency. So we had three air temp sensors. One was at the intake delta. before the turbo. Hmm. One was pre and, and then two of them pre and post uh, intercooler and then we're calculating intercooler efficiency on uh, in real time that's pretty cool yeah, yeah it's that's ridiculous i, I don't like <laughs> on a beater uh budget car i love it just exactly. uh unheard of amounts of data it's so cool thank you um what as far as uh as far as the future of uh auto sports labs go obviously it changes every time you go to sleep it sounds like <laughs> but so uh, what di- what direction uh are you are you guys planning on going is it is the company growing pretty well and moving a lot of units or we have a we have a great core team um scott yeah. ryan and andrew are just it's a really well oiled team and we each have our specialty and we all wear all the hats at the same time and uh it's 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 kind of like a dream team for me. I it's a real privilege to work with them. And uh our future is to to build out the uh the podium platform um obviously, which is which really will be kind of its own entity in a way because it sounds like it. like Kelly was saying we want to make it platform agno- uh hardware agnostic. We'll have open APIs so that other developers we don't want to create a wall garden right like a lot of other other companies do they try to shoehorn you into just their way of doing things yep. so we are we're open in that sense and then with the, on the autosport lab side we want to further go down the path of open source technologies for for race cars and motorsports 
So we will be um, improving the community experience where people can post projects and share their ideas. And then, you know, people will be able to vote on, on those ideas and uh, share their designs. And then we'll publish our designs and then we'll have, you know, along with the expanding the, the family of race capture systems, we'll be creating accessories, uh, like real time tire temperature, um, additional, um, sensors that can be connected up to the canvas. So just more and more, just extending the, uh, the, the, the breadth of the system. Yeah. yeah it sounds like be... it's, sounds like it's growing like exponentially at the moment, but well, yeah, I mean, wow. once you have that platform, you know, you can really, it's a, a smaller task to implement small little things as opposed to starting from scratch. You know, you guys already yeah. have a, a decent platform, so not, well, not even a decent platform, a really good platform. Yeah, we, we really, we really got to stop doing this show, Austin, because every time we do a show, I think I need to, I need to buy one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. Like the podcast yeah. has become nothing but a money pit. Uh, yeah. And now it's making us want to spend money on things that aren't even related to the podcast. Yeah. We, got, we want to, I want to make my CRX faster. This, thing, this sounds like a really good system. <laughs> um, yeah. If, uh, as far as uh, what's the best place for everybody to find you, just, uh, just the website and then uh, check out the Kickstarter and help grow that that community or where do you want to yes. direct people from this show here? Well, check out our Kickstarter on kickstarter.com search for race capture, all one word, go to autosportlabs.com. And, uh, we publish blog posts very frequently, uh, maybe too frequently, but we really want to keep uh, people up to date with what we're working on, even if it's just little boring things seemingly. And then our Facebook page too, um, we post a lot there. Uh, we really try to engage our community. And is that under Autosport Labs? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah, it shows up in my Facebook feed uh, a lot. And every time I see, <laughs> every time I click on it, I'm like, wow, these, this is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even have time to think, to figure out what they're all doing. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, the, the day that the Kickstarter dropped, I think that was uh, right, I think that was when I was in Seattle maybe, or right around PRI or something. Um, but like my feed at one point, like every other post was somebody sharing it. So it was, I thought that was pretty cool. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's good to get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we can, uh, hope we can direct some people towards that. It sounds like a really cool, uh, really cool setup. And for people that will be supporting, um, race capture, when will those first units ship? Um, what's the ETA for that? We put, um, May as the ETA. Okay. Uh, so it should be right around the beginning of, you know, near the beginning of the race season. Okay. we had a good uh, we had a, a good track record for sh- uh, shipping the the last uh, crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo, and our goal is to to um, to hit the mark as well. the 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 big thing to em- emphasize is that it's built on a lot of existing technology, right? And uh, we're just not starting we're not starting from scratch with an idea, right? So yeah. like all of the they're all not they're the not app- beta testers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, sometimes sometimes people are, yeah, but yeah. Um, we usually call that out uh, explicitly. Yeah. But yeah, all all of the app screenshots, uh, anything you see in the video, it's all real code working. Yeah. So, Who's yeah. uh, whose GTI was that in one of the uh, the videos? There was a uh, on the Kickstarter campaign. I think there's a, a video of a new GTI. Oh, that is Scott's GTI. Okay, yeah, awesome. that's his 2015. Okay, it's a pretty, it's a pretty sweet car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I think it's I think it might be faster than my E36 M3. Yeah, you know my my uncle actually we went and test drove some GTIs and he was thoroughly impressed. We actually we went to look at Audis and he drove an A3, an A4, and an A6. It just wasn't very impressed. Uh, kind of like the S3, but it was kind of out of his price range. So we went and drove an, a GTI uh, next door and he loved it. And then he wanted something a little bit faster, so we got him in a Golf R. And he just took delivery of it last Friday, actually. Wow. So, yeah, so my, my uncle's actually a doctor and has driven BMWs exclusively for like the past 10 years and just wasn't that thrilled with the BMW, like the new BMWs these days without spending tons and tons of money on, you know, like an M3, M4. And uh, we got him in a little Golf R and he absolutely loves it. He texted me the other day. He got the DCC, which is the dynamic uh, something suspension whatever mm-hmm. uh, and he was like man this thing's great it's like having three cars in one you put it in sport and it's like a porsche so i thought that was was pretty cool yeah volkswagen's got some cool products and then they're also ruining the world it sounds like yeah but- at the same time <laughs> <laughs> with cars like yours Austin. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so. the the gti is amazing we were we did a a, a hooked on driving track day yeah. at the at the ridge and i was riding along with scott and we were hunting m3s and other cars just reeling them in lap by lap it's it's an impressive now the ridge is that the one where like the front straight is kind of part of a drag strip and then it like goes into a left at the end and then down a hill and it's kind of like a windy country road back section um oh that's i think you're talking about pacific raceway yeah yeah that's the one that i'm thinking of that place looks really cool Pacific Raceways is pretty cool. It's kind of uh, they, kind of sketchy. Had, it's a little <laughs> sketchy because you're like racing through the woods. Yeah, um, but um, it is it oh, is I a know that track. Yeah, I've seen video from that track. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. It's it's the first turn one is the big one because everybody says don't lift, and then when people lift, they go into a high speed spin. Yeah. So yeah, but then they they have a really cool. It has a really cool downhill and a corkscrew. Um, turn three a and three B it's yeah. a, it's a cool track. Um, it would, it's, I never did an endurance race there. I mean, it's every lap you have to have absolute focus there unless yeah. you're just driving at six tenths. Yeah. I, so. I can imagine. I mean, it looks, uh, it looks like a very technical track. Um, but that, that whole, like that bowl section, like three a and three B that you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the signature corners on that track in my opinion. Um, the downhill and yeah. a three and three B. Yep. Yeah. And it really just seems like a, like a windy country road. It's really, really cool. <laughs> so, but, yeah. well, we really appreciate your time. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Yeah. It was, it was an course. honor. Thank you. Sure. I wouldn't call it an honor. You're just talking to a couple of idiots. <laughs> <doing podcasts. laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, when Austin said that he had connected with you, I was uh, kind of uh, excited. I've, I've been kind of stalking your stuff. I have a, you know, just an aim solo that I play with, but, um, it always seemed a little bit over my, uh, I've got kind of a caveman brain as far as computers go, but it seemed a little bit over my head until some of the newer stuff came out. So yeah, you might be getting some of my money one of these days. (laughs) Yeah. And so now being able to analyze data straight from a phone or, you know, a tablet or something like that, um, it's a lot easier than breaking out the computer at the track and downloading everything. And because that's the big thing that at least I've noticed, you know, there's a lot of powerful softwares out there that are expensive for, for data recording, but recording data is only good if you're going to actually sit there and sift through it. So the easier you yeah. can make that part, uh, you know, the more useful it is. So yep. I think you guys have, have definitely out. nailed that. Thank you. So, well, all right. Well, we really appreciate your time and look forward to uh, working with you guys in the future. 
Likewise. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, sure thing.